0: Good morning, friends. My name is Chidima, also known as the Type A Hippie, and this is the Type A Hippie Podcast, Chicast episode 70. So I have to be honest. Originally, there was going to be a different guest for this episode, which is why there was a delay in getting these out. I am recording in real time, and this episode will actually be live today. Um, This is the last episode of the 10-episode arc of Survivor Stories, and I figured that I would fill in because I am a survivor and because I have a lot to say about what's been going on recently with this reckoning so i'm going to disclose something that i have alluded to over various episodes from time to time Um, i do my best yes to interact with my guests and to allow their voices to be heard because you tuned in to hear their story not necessarily mine And so when I was seven years old, I was molested by a family friend and I have recently been in contact with the abuser and I intercepted, I was at my parents and I noticed that this man had slash monster had sent a holiday card to my parents And so I sent it back. I wrote return to sender and sent it back. And additionally, I wrote a letter to him and his wife
1: confronting him, alerting her. And instead of
0: speaking with me or attempting to connect with me, his wife sent an email to my mom and to my dad and her husband was also on that email. Now friends, this happened, I was seven, this happened over 30 years ago. And this woman very easily could have connected with me to even ask a few questions. And what is most upsetting I would say is that she didn't do that. And that I'm almost glad I didn't disclose, except for the fact that statute of limitations has run out for that sexual assault. Um, I was a minor. I was unable to consent. That was not consensual at all. Um, I don't know that I would have been able to live with someone not believing me. And so I hadn't told my parents until I moved back to Michigan about 18 months ago. And it just breaks my heart thinking about how so many survivors are not believed. And this is why survivors and victims of sexual assault Sexual harassment, sexual abuse oftentimes do not speak of their experiences because they're often not believed. And then I think about this case of this man who abused his power, abused the trust of two major organizations, although I believe that some of those organizations, USA Gymnastics, the Olympic organization, and Michigan State University were complicit. I do believe that enough people knew that could have taken this down and ended this years ago, decades ago. And in our family, we say something like, no, sorry for you. So
1: whatever fallout needs to occur as a result of that, I hope it does quickly. The president of MSU needs to step down
0: um, because I believe she was complicit in this. And definitely already board members of the Olympic organization
1: are stepping down. So what judge Aquilina
0: did was such a beautiful thing in terms of allowing 140-150 survivors of that monster's abuse to share their story is an incredibly powerful and empowering thing and I am so happy that
1: she did that because it opened up the door for people
0: to allow the pain of their experience to come out and be demonstrated. And that is so powerful. And it continues the healing process. So Judge Rosemary Aquilina, I believe you're a national treasure. And as a survivor myself, I appreciate what you've done for those women. Some are still students at MSU. You know, and I have a response. I'm waiting for a couple other things to send to the wife of the abuser because her email to my parents, even though I'm a grown-ass woman, was an attempt to silence my voice, and I am sending her my victim impact statement because she needs to she needs to read it. So all this to say that that abuse did change the trajectory
1: of my life. In retrospect, would I... I do wish it never happened, to be honest. I can't even
0: say that I'm glad it happened. Um, I'm not glad it happened. It stole a lot from me. and. It's had an impact on my life in measurable ways. And I thought that I may take this opportunity to at least read some excerpts from the statement that I am making. Because writing it, while difficult, was really helpful as I continued the path of healing. And like I said, I come from a place of not regretting the past or wishing to shut the door on it. And yet my life would have been very different if the abuse abuse had not taken place. And so I could relate when a lot of the survivors were sharing their stories and sharing their victim impact statements. And so I pulled some of the best to include in my own. I will, because I haven't sent this to this woman, We'll leave out the names at this point. Um, I've considered saying it and calling it out, um, and I might do it in another episode, so we'll see. Good morning. It is quite unfortunate that instead of speaking directly to me, woman to woman, you decided to do what countless spineless women have done. They have chosen to live in the lie and choose denial over decency. Your choice, my friend, your choice. You will have an opportunity to account for this choice when the time comes. When I was seven years old, your husband began to molest me. Fortunately, unfortunately, the details are fuzzy because of the shock and trauma. As a result of his hideous, unchristian-like, sick, twisted, disgusting actions, my life took a trajectory, not unlike other survivors of
1: sexual abuse and sexual assault. I wanted to end my life. I stopped eating.
0: I began to be dependent on unhealthy behaviors. The anxiety experienced as a child was exacerbated, and worst of all, I thought this was my fault. Let me be clear, it was not. Please tell me why I would create, in quotes, a despicable story which is humiliating to share. What benefit would I gain from making up, in quotes, a story about your husband molesting me? Exactly, there is absolutely no benefit to me. I think it's laughable that you think that he would not be capable of this because he's a Christian. How about this? He's capable of it and definitely did it because he's not a Christian. Throwing the cloak of Christianity on this is horrible and pretty standard given the spiritual abuse and complicity of the church when it comes to abuse, hate, discrimination, and the like. While I've forgiven your pig of a husband, I will be honest, it may take a little time to forgive you. I forgive others for my freedom. I could not care less that you do not believe me. Again, your time will come when you will have to account for this. Yet be warned, your actions are why survivors do not come forward. I am grateful I waited until I could tolerate and accept that sometimes people do the wrong thing when they are provided truthful information. I do not know that I would have been able to handle that as a child. I may have actually ended my life. Now the real question comes down to: I truly hope, for the sake of your own children, that he only molested me and not them. I pray he only molested me and not other family friends. In quotes, truly. I have devoted the last few years to amplifying, the last few years of my life to amplifying the voices of survivors and smashing the stigma associated with surviving sexual assault and domestic violence, among other things. One of the survivors of Larry Nasser said this, which is completely apropos. He in fact is, was, and forever shall be a child molester and a monster of a human being. We know that he's recently pled guilty for molesting over 140 women, girls and women, when he was the USA Gymnastics and MSU team doctor. Well, I don't think that your husband molested that many girls and women. He is exactly the same thing, especially since he's denying it. At least Larry is admitting what he's done. Some quotes from the victim impact statements during the trial in case you missed it. Abuse goes way beyond the moment, often haunting survivors for the rest of their lives, making it difficult to trust and impacting their relationships. Ellie Reisman said that. I and likely other survivors didn't have the time to be abused by fill in the blank. But I, we had no choice. Neither did we have the time for therapy, stress, anxiety, panic attacks, and sleepless nights, guilt, and for some, self-harm. Lindsay Lumkey said that. He abused my body, he abused my trust, and left scars on my psyche that will never go away. His abusing me has imposed a terrible, undeserving burden of guilt for my loving parents. People should know sexual abuse of children is a type of abuse that is not only happening in Hollywood, in media, or the halls of Congress. It's happening everywhere. So sexual abuse, sexual assault, sexual harassment. Michaela Maroney had someone read her statement for her. So be on notice. If you have anything further to say about this situation, I would appreciate the minimum courtesy and hope You dig deep for some common sense, even though I know it's not that common, and simply respond to this email. Or not. Do not contact my parents. You are a 50 to 60-year-old woman, and I'm in my 30s. For what reason would you contact my parents? I'm speaking to you about your denial about being married to a child molester. This has nothing to do with my parents. You are only exacerbating the situation and gaslighting, likely in an effort to silence me. Well, that will not happen unless you end my life, which you will not do. And I'm not going anywhere because the divine has given me a lot of work to do. I pray for you all. I pray you come to terms with this reality. I pray that your husband does the next right thing and doesn't do this anymore. I pray that my heart softens towards yours and I begin to feel empathy for you. Again, do not email my parents about this matter. This is between you and I. And quite honestly, I don't need anything from you. And I'm not sure there's any more for you to say to me besides, I believe you.
1: So reading that out loud
0: was something I've never done that before. With tears in my eyes and a quiver in my voice, it is
1: something that is important to do. So... I believe that there's a reckoning. It's almost like the birth of
0: something. We're on the edge waiting. And I was having a discussion with some colleagues at work yesterday. And we went from this case and how he got, I think, what was it, 60 to 175 years, which I said was not enough. Um, he should have gotten that for each of the victims. And 40 to 170 years. So, more than 150 young women publicly confronted him. And the judge said, I just signed your death warrant as she imposed the sentence. And it's not enough. As a survivor, it's not enough. And it's not me being vindictive, it's just. The theft that abuses sexual assault takes something from the person that survives it. If it doesn't take their life, it takes their life. Um, and it just makes me so upset thinking about what he did under the guise of being a physician. My experience was similar but different, I'm sure, in many ways. Um, this woman, the wife of the child molester, said that um, he couldn't have done it because he's Christian and that she's looked up to and they've respected my parents for years. Well, he couldn't have respected my parents that much. He was doing it right under their nose, you know. And What's interesting is that when my mom, when I disclosed to my mom, and I don't know how it came to be, but I disclosed to my mom shortly after moving back to Michigan. And I said the name, but the name of the person flashed in her head before I even said anything. So she already knew. And to me, that's a
1: connection that can't be ignored. It's a data point, as my brother would say. And
0: five years ago, I had flown home from Vegas for my brother and sister in laws. um, They did a Nigerian traditional wedding, even though they had already been married for 18 months or so. And then they did a wedding reception because they married quickly so that they could move together from.
1: Michigan, Chicago to Denver. And the abuser was there at this event.
0: And he had the nerve and the audacity, friends, to grab my arm. Probably to, it doesn't even flipping matter why he thought he should do that. Um, He should not have. And if I could have left my arm with him for the rest of my life, I would have done it. I could not get away fast enough. And I hadn't yet disclosed. And I was in so shock with the situation that I reacted for sure and didn't respond. And if I could do it differently, I I would um, for a number of reasons. But yeah, that was something I had not ever, I had not experienced up until that point. And so, this is one of the reasons I'm so devoted to amplifying voices and smashing the stigma because so many people are suffering in silence because they don't think someone's going to believe them. And if you're listening, if you're listening and you need to share this episode with somebody else along with any other episode, please do. If you're listening to this episode and you feel like no one's going to believe you, I believe you. I believe you. In Washtenaw County, there was a campaign called Start By Believing. And I think it's really telling and sad that that is the name of a campaign because it indicates that and is indicative of broader society that we don't believe victims. That coming forward is a waste of time. That you'll be shamed back into silence. That you'll be asked all the wrong questions. So if someone asked me, what was I wearing? I don't know what I was wearing. I was seven. I don't know why he thought that it was appropriate to touch my genitalia. It wasn't. I never would have wanted that. I, didn't, I certainly didn't ask for that. And to do it under the guise of he's a family friend and he's Christian and so he couldn't possibly have done that is bullshit. Like really, quite honestly, it's, it's not true. And so, um, you know, the church overwhelmingly has done a lot of damage, um, has supported a lot of abuse in many different circumstances. And before I get any hate mail or any rude comments or emails, I do believe that there are people that live their lives in alignment with Jesus Christ. Some of them attend church, some of them don't. I think overwhelmingly as an institution, the church has done more damage than good, period. Are there exceptions to that rule? Absolutely. Absolutely. Do I attend church? No. For my deconstruction process, it has involved not going back to church. Will I stay away forever? I, I, I don't know. Forever is a really long time. What I do know is that in my life, if I allow the guidepost to be connecting with Jesus in terms of a man that was a rebel, a man that was a social activist, he was involved in social justice, he did not um, placate or play to the status quo. That's the one, that's that's the, my guiding force. I choose to say the divine um, because for me that just allows so much space and so much freedom. And I'm not confined to any one thing. Um, I embrace a lot of different perspectives in terms of faith and spirituality. Uh, I've just been very disappointed, for obvious reasons, with the church as an institution. Um, The church has overwhelmingly supported people like Roy Moore, people like the current one that is defiling the White House, and turning things inside out and upside down and shrouding themselves in the cloak of Christianity. I mean, in Alabama, things turned around because overwhelmingly Black women came out to vote. Black people came out to vote, specifically Black women. And what baffles me is that some people were in the voting booth and literally were confused or distraught with the decisions they had. They had the decision to support Doug Jones, a man who believes in a woman's right to choose. Again, I don't believe that anyone is for abortion and likes abortion. I, I, that, that's not a thing. Supporting women's rights, now that's a thing. Supporting a woman's right to choose, now that's a thing. And a child molester, Those were, and a man who sexually assaulted girls because they couldn't consent. A man who was banned from the local mall because he was in his 30s and he kept pursuing teenagers. They literally were confused about what to do. And so instead of voting for Doug Jones, they voted for Mickey Mouse and Big Bird and Batman and rodent people, you know? that baffles me. What's happening in Hollywood with me too, right? Um, The fact that, you know, I'm not, I wouldn't say I'm cynical, but we have a saying also in our family. We have a lot of different sayings in our family, like so-and-so can't be trusted. Hollywood can't be trusted. I do believe that there are people embedded in that society
1: that knew what was going on with the pig of a person, Harvey Weinstein. I believe that. I believe that completely. I'm not confused about that. Um, so...
0: That is something to think about, you know. Why do we have to have campaigns saying, reminding us to start by believing? Why is a woman who's heard word about her husband, which I understand is shocking, why is she inclined to reach out to an adult woman's
1: parents? What was she doing, telling on me? I don't understand that. (laughs) What was that all about? Why
0: are we inclined to acknowledge a Melissa, a, a Alyssa Milano's tweet of hashtag Me too and forget that Toronto Burke started it in 2006? Is it because Alyssa Milano is white and a celebrity and Toronto Burke is black and an activist? You know why are women of color's sexual assaults and harassment and abuse considered less important than white women a lot of questions a lot of questions i don't have the answers i have some thoughts um and i think it's really important for us to go backwards in order to go forwards and to right some of these wrongs. And Judge Rosemarie Aquilina was able to do that in my humble opinion. She really helped women everywhere speak out. Originally, the number of people who were going to um, provide victim impact statements was a smaller number and she just kept inviting people in. She kept inviting people in and how she did it was so beautiful. It brings
1: tears to my eyes. She said, thank you for coming. And what would you like me to know? Thank you for coming. Thank you for being here. Welcome. What would you like me to know? And as a result of that, more and more women, some who are still students at MSU, came forward to share their story. Friends, we can't afford to be disconnected anymore. Our nation is in a really bad state. Because we've become disconnected. So when someone is harassing someone else,
0: And I'm speaking in gendered terms. One of my best friends tagged me in a post yesterday and she was getting breakfast from from a place. And the guy, she was walking in and two guys were walking out and they were like, ooh wee, I wish that you were in there when I was in there. And all this other nonsense, like one guy said she, he would have wanted to have breakfast with her, and the other guy said he would have wanted to have her for breakfast. That is inappropriate. That is not a compliment. No woman anywhere would be like, you know what? I felt really good after that exchange. So let me be clear. If that wasn't clear enough, that's not okay at all. Get your life together, please. I received this in my inbox, two different messages, and I'm going to read them. And what sucks is that I responded to one, which I believe perpetuated or kicked off or initiated the second email. So I was on a platform that I don't, I'm not going to share. You can use your brain if you want. and i'm going to read it word for word um so there is language and um they said go okay maybe i'm not going to read it word for word um go f yourself but they spelled the f word f-u-k-k-k right not lost on me um Go F yourself, you African piece of S-H-E-E-I-T. I I hope I see you around and so I can tell you to your face what a stupid C-U-N-N-T you are. Who the F-U-K-K-K do you think you are? And I just wrote, you are what is wrong with the world, blocked and reported. So I got that in an inbox on Sunday around 11.30 p.m. And then they look, went looking for me. Um, So that was in social media. They went looking for me um, and found my personal, like my business email address. And they wrote this, poor Chidima, you need to stop trying to pretend you're somebody you're not because we, we now know exactly who you are just an extremely unattractive, fat and angry loser with no real job and nothing going for herself. Your online profile is a complete fake and a joke. No wonder you're so angry. For God's sake, get a life and leave us normal, intelligent people, the F alone. So F-U-C-K alone is what they said. So um, this is what people have to contend with. And so on one hand, it was very shocking and very jarring, um, and hurtful. And I wouldn't say hurtful, like, like it's hurtful that someone would even go through this to like, to be so foul. Right. Um, am I unattractive? No. Am I fat? No. Am I angry? No. Um, so it's just a bunch of lies, you know? Um, And then on the other side, I thought, wow, maybe I'm arriving. (laughs) Because you're not somebody, right? Until you have online trolls. Um, And I did reach out to the authorities to see what needed to happen. And I've done what I can in terms of blocking this person and reporting them. and, And we'll see, you know. Um, maybe they're listening to this podcast and maybe they're going to send me 50 emails. I don't know. Um, That is not my hope, but people are going to do what people are going to do. And I can't afford to let fear, which is also a thief, um, keep me from living my life in its fullness um, and doing the work that the divine has set forth for me. So I am so appreciative of people like Judge Rosemary Aquilina. I am so appreciative of my mom and my dad um, who believed me 30 years later and would have believed me at the time. Um, I'm so appreciative of places like Safe House Center here in Washington County and similar organizations across the country. I'm so appreciative of volunteers at those places. If you have listened to a survivor, if you have gone with them to Planned Parenthood, if you've gone with them to the emergency department, if you have sat knee to knee next to them as they're telling you or disclosing their story, if you've listened to a podcast, listening
1: to a survivor's story, Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. And may we always welcome people in and ask, what would you like me to know? I found this story on Humans of New York. They're in India right now. And let's see. I don't want her to depend on anyone when she grows up.
0: From the very beginning, I've been dependent. I barely left my home until the age of 18. I'd only walk from school to home, and even then I'd be accompanied by my brother. I had no idea how to face the world outside. I never even learned to ride a bike. It's going to be different for her. I told my husband, whatever she wants to do, I'm going to support her, and I've already gotten a bike for her. The moment she is old enough, I'm teaching her to ride a bike. This is in Jaipur, India, it's a young mother and her daughter. And I just loved this story when I read it and I thought it was absolutely appropriate for today's episode. So I wanna thank you for listening to my story.
1: I really appreciate you. Thank you for your support. This is the last episode
0: of the Survivor Series, 10 episode arc. The next arc will be stories of sobriety. And so I have some really great guests lined up for that. We'll go back to normal programming next week. Thank you all so much for the love and support. I really appreciate you. Thank you so much for allowing me the space and the safety, the safe space to be vulnerable and to share a little bit more about me. I honor the place within you where the entire universe resides. I honor the place within you of love, of light, of truth, of peace. I honor the place within you where when you are in that place in you and I'm in that place in me, there is only one of us. So may you have a gratitude-filled rest of your day, a great week. This is the Type A Hippie Podcast, Chicas Episode 70. My name is Shadima. Namaste.